0: Good morning. The reading this morning is taken from Mark chapter 5. I'll just give you a few seconds to find it. It's in the New Testament. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. He ran and fell on his knees in front of him he shouted at the top of his voice what do you want with me jesus son of the most high god swear to god that you won't torture me for jesus had said to him come out of this man you evil spirit then jesus asked him what is your name my name is legion he replied for we are many and he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area.
1: Thank you, Tracy, for the reading of the Word of God. You know, in some churches, people when, when the Word of God is being read, they stand. We are people are asked to stand because of the you know the uh, just the respect and the reverence for God's Word. And but we do have respect and reverence for His Word. I want to welcome you again here this morning. It's wonderful just to welcome all of you to our service today. And we're going to deal with a topic that is so vital today. It is not a common thing among people, but it is common in certain areas and certain territories. That's what we're going to focus on here this morning. And I pray that this morning we will be challenged and we will realize that we dare not Open the door for anything that is not of the Lord. Uh, let's pray together. Welcome one and all again. Eh? Thank you, Auntie Daphne. It's good to see you here this morning. Yeah, Auntie Daphne heard me. Eh? So there we go. And then uh, it's good to have Victor and Mavis back again. It's been a while. that uh, We haven't seen you. Welcome. Is anybody else here? Let's see for the first time. We want to welcome you give you a special word of welcome. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for the privilege of being in your presence today. Thank you that you are always with us. You always surround us with your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and your goodness toward us. We also want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege of hearing from you today. And Lord, today as we focus on you, we we ask that you guide us and that you keep us, you uphold us. Lord in a special way uh, today and uh, we pray that your word will reach us, your word will speak to us, your word will challenge us and show us Lord that nothing is too difficult for you, nothing is too hard for you. You can turn any situation and any circumstance around no matter how impossible it seems from a human perspective. Now today, Lord, we surrender our all to you. We pray that you will touch us now and, and move among us and speak deeply into our lives. Lord, we pray for those who have been ha- having challenging times. Lord, we think of David with Elvira. Lord, we think of Robin and Felicity. Lord, we even think of JC all the way in, in Centurion. We pray that you will just be with Anita and John and the family at this time, Lord, and... The, We pray that your hand will be upon them, that your blessing will be there, Lord, and thank you that JC is busy recovering all the time. Thank you, Lord, for your presence there with them. Lord, you know this family's been through some challenging times, but thank you, Lord, that despite all of this, you've been there, Lord, carrying them and keeping them by your grace. And there's so many of us, each one of us have faced our own individual challenges. Yet, Lord, you've kept us, you've protected us, you've been with us, and we honor you for that. We pray your blessing upon us now, and upon your word in particular, as you speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a young lady right next to Rebecca here. We want to welcome you. Give you a special word of welcome. Thank you. Uh, There is another side to your deliverance. That's the title of the message. Remember? Our theme for this time is there's another side to your story and last week we focused on the on the Lord taking the the disciples through a storm and there was another side to their storm now there's another side to your story in terms of where you are at at this present moment we do not know what legion the man of the tombs did or did not do whether he was abused had a bad childhood, had become involved in mind-altering or mood-altering drugs, or participated in a form of Satanism. We don't know why he found himself where he was, but we do know he was forced out of the village. Root causes and diagnoses aside, Jesus arrived at the right time. At the right time, that you hear that? No matter what had happened, Jesus arrived at the right time. He always arrives at the right time. He arrived at the very burial grounds where the corpses of the people who had lived their sad and hopeless lives in this place ended up. Legion lived in the worst possible environment. And maybe you look at your life and you say, my family life is the worst possible environment. My workplace is the worst Possible environment, the community I live in is the worst possible environment. Whatever you say, I want to save as Jesus arrives at the right time to transform your life and turn things around. There was no word of God in this environment, no freedom in this place of death and uncleanness. But the Lord had ordered his disciples to accompany him to that very place. That very place where you find yourself. That's where the Lord is as well. Jesus can change, release, or deliver a life for the better. When Jesus and his disciples came to the mostly Gentile region, you must remember this was not Jewish, this was Gentile region of the Galileans. They were met by this man whose life has been destroyed by what we call demonic infestation. His life was infested with demons. Now three worlds meet in this strange story the underworld of evil spirits, the visible world of human experience, and the higher world of divine control. This is not a story about Jesus curing mental illness. It is a story about Jesus defeating the demons. We must remember that. To be more precise, we should speak of this man as being demonized. It's a better word. He had in, this, in his person, rather, the actual presence of evil forces. He had the actual presence of evil forces within his very being. This is different to having an evil nature. This is different to having an evil character. He had was in him the presence of evil forces. But praise God. No matter where we find ourselves, He can turn our lives around. Are you still with me? My first point I want to make is no one is beyond the Lord's reach. No matter where you are, no matter what has happened, no matter how low you have sunk, no one is beyond the Lord's reach. Did you hear that? Well, this man, when we look at his desperate condition, he was not beyond the Lord's reach. We look at verses 1 to 5, although the manifestations of demonization very de- uh, widely these days, this man evidenced several of the classic symptoms, and I'm just going to touch on a few here. Severe personality change. We go straight to verses 9 there where he speaks about his legion. What's your name, Lord? We will cut, work our way back to the other verses. Severe personality change. The before and after descriptions of the demoniac revealed that he was a totally different person under demonic influence. More than this, however, is the fact that the man's own identity and individuality was swallowed up by the demons within him. When Jesus asked his name, the man answered, Legion, for we are many. He thought he would scare Jesus by saying that. But that didn't stop Jesus. That name tells us that he was an outpost. We must remember in those days when they looked at the Roman army, they called the Roman army the legion. You know, the legion of, Rome, you know, of Roman soldiers and so forth. But he was, you know, this man's name tells us that he was an outpost, an agent of demonic activity in the world. I want you to get a picture here. And and I want us to also get the picture that no one is beyond, keep that in mind, no one is beyond the reach of the Lord. That name tells us, as I said, that he was under demonic influence and an agent. Each demon has its own distinct personality and the individual possessed begins to manifest the distinct personality of the demon by which he is possessed. If it is a feminine spirit, whether it's a male with a feminine spirit, the voice will be be a feminine one. If it's masculine, the voice will be very manly. You might say, Pastor, why are you dealing with that? We need to deal with this and we need to see what Jesus is able. To accomplish despite this. But I want to say this, no matter what has happened, there is, and I want to repeat it, another side to anybody's story. You are not beyond the Lord's reach, no matter where you are. The other thing was not only a severe pers- personality change, but also antisocial behavior. With the 3A, the conduct or behavior of this individual was obviously antisocial. That is why he was living in solitude among the tombs, away from civilization. His description, naked, living among the tombs, is the description of someone who has lost his identity. Have you lost your identity this morning? He has no family, no home, no place. In society, he might as well be dead, which may be one reason he is living among the tombs. Any contact with the dead or the tombs of the dead in biblical times would render a person ceremonially unclean and unable to sacrifice at the temple. He was isolated from human contact. He lived out in this area by the tombs all by himself running wild cut off from his family and his community his companions were dead bones he was a total outsider the absolute loner separated from the rest of humanity but he was not beyond the reach of the Lord. Let us remember that. This man also had superhuman strength. Verses 3 to 4. Even Acts chapter 19 verse 16 speaks about the superhuman strength be those, uh, those who are under demonic influence experience or have. The demoniac was uncontrollable by any of the normal means of human confinement. No matter what they attempted to bind him with, he broke loose. Yeah, and you see? They tried to bind him with chains and whatever. He broke loose, superhuman strength. I want you to get the picture here. (laughs) No matter what they attempted, he broke loose. No one was strong enough to subdue him, the Bible says. An abundance of alien powers had invaded his own life. But he was not, again, I want to repeat that, beyond the reach of Jesus. He was self-destructive, verse 5. He practiced self-destructive behavior. The demons controlled him to such an extent that he would cut himself with sharp stones, as the Bible says. He comes from the vilest forms of self-abuse to our Lord. And our Lord does not reject him or ignore him or condemn him comes to our Lord. He comes from total abandonment by mankind to Christ. Now if there was ever a man who was beyond all help, this was the guy. Nobody in Decapolis, now Decapolis were ten cities in the garrisons, could do anything to help him. I mean, do you know anyone as bad off as this man? And if Jesus could reach this man he can reach anybody. Isn't it true? We should never give up on anyone because no one is out of his reach. Some people think they have sinned so badly that God could never forgive them. But it is not true. You can never be too bad for the Lord. Have you lied to the people you love? Have you let your family down? Have you stolen or embezzled? Do you have secret sins in your life that you have never shared with anyone and you would be so ashamed if anyone ever knew? The Lord can help you. He can forgive you. He can give you a brand new start this very day. He loves you so much that He died for you so that you could be forgiven you see people carry unnecessary burdens that the Lord wants them to unload on him whatever your burdens are whatever it is that you are carrying unload it, cast it on him, today we tend to write certain people off but not the Lord, the Lord can do including changing hearts and minds. Nothing is impossible for him. No one is beyond the reach of the Lord. There's another side to your story. But secondly, no power evil power can dominate Jesus and if no evil power can dominate Jesus, that means that no evil power can dominate you and I if we are children of the Lord. Did you hear that? Jesus rules over the forces of evil. Now last week we looked at the miracle of Jesus calming the storm at sea. Jesus demonstrated his power over nature. In this matter, Jesus displays his power over the supernatural, particularly over Satan and his demons. Jesus was not intimidated. He stands his ground, and we see his absolute power over Satan and the demoniac in several ways here. And that we've got to use those key words here this morning. You know, the first thing is physical submission. Verse 6. Here we have the demons physically the demons physically possess this man and through his body they are literally seen falling on their knees before Jesus. The demons possess this man, but as this man—I want you to get the picture—as this man comes and he and he sees Jesus, and the you know the demons literally pulls his body, that within him pulls his body down, and they bow down in worship to King Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? You should say amen to that. They bow down to him. He's King of Kings, and he's Lord of Lords. No evil power can dominate Jesus. They literally submit to his power. But there's not only only physical submission, there's verbal confession. Verse 7, the demons confess that he is Jesus, the Son of the Most High God. Hey, they confess that he rules. They confess that he is the Almighty One the all-powerful one, they confess that he is Lord, Lord of everything, Lord of their past, Lord of their pain, Lord of their problems, Lord of their issues, Lord of their battles, Lord of their struggles, he's Lord. Demons confess that. How about you and I? Son of the Most High. He's Lord of your future. He's Lord of your life this morning. Verbal confession. Then there's desperation. Hey, these demons are desperate, eh? Talk about desperate measures here. Verses 6 to 7. When a demon resorts to calling on the Lord's name to help him. Oh, you know he is desperate. Isn't it true? You know he is desperate. that's what happened here desperation demon calling on the name of the lord that's why i say every knee bows before the lord no matter how far you are no matter how many times you say i don't need the lord in my life there comes a time when you need you will bow before him and confess that you are lord and that's what happened here eh? desperately what about fear of punishment verse 7b so demons recognize Jesus. This is authority over them, and they know that he has the power to punish them for evil. And they, think, they were thinking of future. Future punishment <coughs> here. And present as well. But more so here, that Jesus has the power to punish must Remember, we as Christians are not being punished. We are being disciplined if we are children of the Lord. But here, it was fear of punishment. And there are so many religions worshipping God, they say. Worshipping a God that they fear. We don't have to. We have instant and immediate access into his presence. How ironic. (laughs) If you think of this, your fear of torment. The tormentor pleads not to be tormented. He's been tormenting everybody. Have you, have you discovered that So in life? If, often the tormentor doesn't want to be tormented, but he, he'll torment everybody else. Eh? Have you, do you know circumstances and situations like that? Let's not even get into that here this morning, because that's not the point. Obedience. Another one there is obedience to Christ's command, verses 8 to 9. It is one thing to give orders to those on your side and they obey you. Isn't it true? They're part of of who you are, they're part of your life. They're even part of who, if you are in leadership in your work situation, it's, it's one thing to give orders to those on your side and they obey and they submit. But imagine giving orders to the enemy and they obey, giving orders to the enemy, and they obey. That is how much power Jesus has. Gives orders to enemies. He gives orders to whoever is involved in whatever. He gives orders. He stops. He deals with whatever he needs to deal with. And then again, we come to that their great number. Yeah, no evil power can dominate Jesus, and, and if you are his child, it should not dominate you. When Jesus asked the de- demoniac his name, it was not without significance. I already said that earlier, for he was, I believe, asking the demons to reveal their identity. The reply, Legion may be evasive or a reluctance on the part of the demons to individually identify themselves. I want to say this to any evil doer anonymity is always preferable to identification isn't it true you want to remain anonymous as long as possible but on the other hand yeah what Jesus is teaching that a Roman legion consisted of 4 to 6000 men or women for that matter that does not necessarily mean there were four to 6,000 demons in this man. Please, don't misinterpret that. That does not mean that. Jesus, what, the point that Jesus is trying to make is that Jesus is seemingly outnumbered by far, but he does not yield any ground. He does not even flinch. He does not even cringe. Because he is Lord of everything. And then of course we have them begging and pleading, verses 10. Not to banish them out of the area. For these demons to be sent out of the, the country would have meant that they would have been confined along with all the other fallen angel, angels according to Jude chapter verse 6. No longer to afflict men or resist God. They are begging and pleading for their lives. Surprisingly, Jesus gives them permission to go into approximately 2,000 pigs grazing nearby. The drowning of these pigs has caused a great deal of discussion. <laughs> Some have observed, that's a lot of pork chops. <laughs> I just wanted to see whether you're still awake, huh? Eh? God has his purposes he could stop the whole satanic operation instantaneously but he lets evil run its full course because it brings him glory it brings out the wonder of his grace he allows it if not through humans he will allow it through animals to reveal Of his grace. But what is also revealed is that these demons are destructive. Any demonic activity, they are destructive to that man. They destroy his personality and they make him suicidal as he cuts at himself with sharp stones. And now it becomes obvious just how destructive they are. The wholesale slaughter of these pigs, dramatically illustrated... The destructive purposes of the demons. Jesus is visibly making a demonstration of his ability to free a person from thousands of demons or many demons. That's another way, put it in those words. What our Lord gave the people of this territory was much greater than what he took away. You get the picture? much greater than what he took away so what has happened in your life you say hey this has happened I've lost this, I've lost that yes from a human perspective it might seem as if it's the end of the road for you but what the Lord has allowed to be taken away he will replace in much greater measures. He will come through for you, no matter what. And then finally, here this morning, no one can remain neutral. The third point, verses 14 to 17, we end on the note of the de- demoniac's deliverance, rather than the death of the pigs. The, com- the P- townspeople were concerned about that. Whereas he had previously been enslaved and bound, he was now delivered from demon. Possession. He who was once wild and uncontrollable was sitting quietly, the Bible says, at the feet of Jesus. How do you like that? Once an instrument of satanic opposition against the Messiah, now a witness to his power. Once naked, he is now clothed. Once a menace to society, now a messenger with words of deliverance and healing. The response of the residents that Christ leave their country is that they were motivated by fear and materialistic considerations. They lost 2,000 pigs already what else would his presence cost them that's what they were thinking they began to sense that there was one far more awesome though much more to be feared than legion it is ironic that while the demons did not want to leave the country and pleading not to leave the residents of that land did not want the messiah to stay isn't it amazing The delivered demoniac pleaded with him that he might accompany him. He who feared the Lord's arrival now dreaded his departure. How do you like that? The demoniac is so grateful to Jesus. He asked to go with him, but Jesus tells him no and sends him back to his family. He says, go back to your family. Go back to your town, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. You've got to go back and speak about the goodness and the greatness of the Lord. You need to go back somewhere. If you need to this morning, go back there, as the demoniac did. Tell them how he has had mercy on you. The man obeys Jesus. His trust is in Jesus. He is obedient to Jesus' command. And he becomes an active witness on Jesus' behalf. Once you have met legion in the pages of scripture, you can never forget his radical transformation. I want to say that you must make a choice about Jesus. Jesus is real. God's Son. He, he arose from the dead. He is risen. Will you trust him like the demoniac did? Or will you push him away like the townspeople town's did? What are you going to do with him this morning? You can only do one or the other. No one can serve two masters according to Matthew 6.24. You cannot do both. You must make a choice about Jesus. Will you choose him today? Whatever the depth of your pain, the wreckage of your life, the long trail of wasted years behind you, there is a road back to God today. Jesus will not run away from you. He will run to you as you reach out to him. Or even if you don't, you can come to Him even if you are stripped of everything. I want to repeat that. You can come to Him even if you are stripped of everything, full of demons, covered in bruises, wounds, and rotting sores, unwashed, unloved. You can come to Him. He is ready to deliver you. Legion knelt and shouted, pleaded for escape from torment. And what are the first words Christ says to him in verse 8? Come out. Come out. He is addressing the alien force of wickedness within Legion. This morning the Lord says, whatever you are dealing with, the Lord is saying to it, come out. Anger, come out. Bitterness, come out. Excuses, come out. Self-pity, pride, come out. Fear, come out. Unworthiness, come out. Blaming one and all. is it that Jesus is speaking to you about? And he says, Come out. He's addressing the alien force of wickedness within you. Here is the life of one man. It was a ruined and destroyed life until he met Jesus Christ who delivered him. The Savior healed him. The Lord Jesus Christ came to share the hatred and shame when I think of it of people whose lives were being ruined, he let the enemy do its worst on his own body on the cross, taking the full force of evil in order that Legion and all his brothers and sisters, you and I included, might be set free, might be delivered, might be rescued, But my concluding words are this In this particular story The dark side of Satan is exposed But we must remember The most useful instrument Satan uses is disguising himself as an there we go as an angel of light Second Corinthians 11 14 let us learn from this there's a dark side to Satan and it is devastating don't go there but he always operates by disguising himself as an angel of light in order to destroy you and I. What are you going to do with him this morning? Whatever it is, maybe there's issues in your life this morning. Maybe there's something you are dealing with and you you just cannot fathom it this morning. No matter how impossible it is. And if, if there is something that is impossible that you've been trusting the Lord, for, I'm going to invite you this morning just to stand. No matter what it is, maybe there's an impossible situation and circumstance that you're dealing with and you've been trusting. Won't you stand and I just can, I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not going to come to you. We'll just pray for you in closing. While every head is bowed, let's just bow our heads. And if you, if you want to, there's an impossible situation and... Uh, uh, Something that you've been grappling with, and you need, you need the Lord to come through for you. Won't you come this morning and stand, and we will, we will. thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? You want to tell me there's nobody with impossible situations here this morning? I don't believe that. There's everybody here with, of us sitting with impossible situations. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you that we can commit those who are standing to you, and we pray that whatever that impossible situation is, we pray that you, Lord, will reach out to them. You will guide them. You will give them wisdom. Lord, you will reveal to them who you are as you, Lord, walk alongside them and sustain them and strengthen them while they face this impossible situation. Lord, we pray your covering and grace and mercy and blessing over their lives, each one of their lives, here this morning. And for those, Lord, all of us who are gathered, whatever our impossible situation is, we bring it before you. We lay it at your feet. We unload it this morning, Lord. And Lord, we ask you to have your way with us. Thank you again for this morning, Lord. Won't you bless us as you continue with us further? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.